0: Welcome to Pillar and Ground Podcast. I'm Will Nettleton, Pastor of Mission and Worship here at LNPC. And this episode is a Pillar and Ground Connections episode where we seek to increase our connection to one another as we stand together in community and mission. And I am really excited today to be joined by Malk Clark, one of our uh, Global Missions partners. Malk is actually uh, a repeat guest. You're returning back to Pillar and Ground. I know. What we, a privilege. <laughs> we were talking about before we jumped on that you were one of the early ones. You might have been like, Ben was saying, maybe episode... Five seven, or six, seven, somewhere in yeah. there. And I think you might be episode 100. Like, we <gasps> we haven't exactly figured that out, but... We'll have way, the uh, confetti blasters at the end. That's exactly right. That's exactly <laughs> right. Either way, we're really glad to have you. Thanks for being here, Mal. It's
1: great to be here. Honestly, thank you so much for inviting me back.
0: Yes, of course. I've well, got
1: to say, I've um, I think the... The mountain allergies have hit me this morning, so hopefully it's just given me a smooth radio voice.
0: I know, you said that you were coming in (laughs) and excited to get to some better weather, and I don't know how much better it is. Oh, Uh, it's for sure still better. Okay, good, 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 good. (laughs) I'm glad to have that. Well, for those who don't know, so Malk's here for our World Missions Conference right now and has graciously agreed to to sit down with us and talk a little bit more uh, on pillar and ground. But Malk, you are one of the pastors at Trinity Church in Manchester. And uh, you've got your wife, Judy, and your two children. Some of our folks will remember that you were here for a few weeks uh, serving as an intern That's with right. the church a couple of years back. Yep. And so uh, a well-loved partner of ours. We're really glad. It was such a great time when we came over.
1: In fact, I should say my wife, Judy, is very jealous that I'm getting to be here yeah. without her. Uh,
0: but hopefully we'll be able to get back over at some point as a family. We would love that. Yes, we'd love to have all of you guys over here. Um, so, Mount, for the folks who don't know you, just give a little bit uh-huh. uh, of an introduction. Tell us about you. How did you come to faith in Jesus? How did you end up being a pastor? Great. Uh, all of that. We'd love to hear just some of that. Okay, great.
1: So, um, so I'm currently living in the northwest of England in Manchester, as you say, where I'm pastoring a church, um, helping pastor a church called Trinity Church Manchester. I was born into a Christian family. My dad was in the military, so he was in a Scottish regiment called the Black Watch. So that meant we travelled around the world a lot up until
0: I was um, at uh kin- no, not kindergarten. I was about eight or nine. Uh, it's know. worth netting that the Black Watch is the coolest name you could possibly have. <laughs> <laughs> or like a military thing. Yeah, I know they've got they've got a pretty um, tough reputation as well. So, I can imagine. Yeah,
1: that. it's a uh, yeah, it's, it was. Pretty proud of my dad was in there, um, but so my dad left the military. We settled in the northeast of England in a place called York. Um, so I grew up going to church. Uh, I was one of two people in my year at school that I knew of who went to church. Wow! Uh, and I only knew he went to church because we went to the same one. <laughs> um, but I don't think either of us. I certainly wasn't really calling myself a Christian. Well, I might have said I was a Christian, but it didn't really mean anything. It wasn't until I was. 16 years old that I came to, to really, to faith in Christ. And um, it was at that point when I came to understand the the radical nature of what Jesus had done for me, mm. that I just had a, a new, fresh desire to want to tell my friends about Jesus. And so my friends noticed that um, yeah. when I became a Christian. I can remember, you know, something that encouraged me so deeply at that time, and I didn't even notice it. A really close friend of mine who I'd been childhood friends with said to me, um, what's going on with you? You mm. seem to just be talking about Jesus a lot now. And I was like, <laughs> oh, am I? Oh, that's probably a good sign. <laughs> um, so anyway, I yeah became a Christian around 16 years old. Went to college. After college, went to a uh, trained up to be a schools outreach worker. So working in local high schools, presenting the Christian faith in a, in an educational like appropriate manner if you mm-hmm. want, but still getting to present the gospel and working with mentoring, naughty kids and that kind of thing. So yeah. I did that for a few years uh, and then fast forward a few years and I've ended up training for ministry in a church context. And um, so the, the, the short version is uh city church, Manchester, which is a name I think is familiar to some of you guys in the mountain. Um, they put out a position in 2017, a training position for a training minister, offering theological training and experience i applied for the job got it so me and my wife judy moved over from york to manchester um i did three years there did my theological training and then i was sent as an assistant pastor to the church plant trinity church manchester in 2020
0: wonderful and how did you and judy meet great question
1: um so judy's from south africa okay um she came over in 2010 To uh, actually, funnily enough, with a church plant from a very different kind of denomination. Okay. But from a a church plant from South Africa to York, to the other side of the world. (laughs) Don't know why they chose York, but that's what they did. I'm pleased they did because it meant Judy came over. She was meant to be coming over just for one year. Hmm. She was only eighteen. Yeah. Um, to nanny the pastor's kids. Okay. While they kind of got the the church rolling right so she did three days a week nannying and then two days a week volunteering at this youth ministry okay which is where i was working at the time so that's how we met oh it's awesome and um yeah we just got on really well straight away and got married fairly quick as well good (laughs) that's awesome and y'all have two kids that's right lila who is four and jovi who is two yeah they're a
0: lot of fun (laughs) yeah we we've got a four-year-old and two-year-old as well i know that that life well oh, nice mate yeah <laughs> next time we're over we'll have to hang out that explains the tired look under both of our eyes right now <laughs> yeah so trinity church gets planted out of city church uh manchester and you actually are one of the pastors uh, mm-hmm. which i i understand just from having heard y'all talk about it a little bit that it's kind of unique isn't it to to plant a church with co-pastors in some ways or with two of you uh, yeah, that's going out
1: r- especially in our context um so honestly we were a team of 23 adults and nine or 10 children when we were sent to plant the church and the fact that we were going over at that point with pete who was the lead pastor and myself as the assistant pastor and we even had an intern that was an enormous staff team yeah um and the fact we were able to do that from the start has been um uh, has been hugely beneficial i think it's really helped us the church grow because we've been able to share the, the workload so so well. Yeah, And, you know, LNPC, we, we're hugely grateful to you guys for your generosity and prayers in that whole process. Um, but, yeah, it is unusual to see that kind of model in a UK context. Um, City Church had the same model, so I guess we took something of that DNA with us yeah. as we transitioned
0: over to planting trinity yeah that's awesome and so I, maybe we can back up a little bit could you just tell our people a little bit about manchester give yeah, us a sense. sense of what it's like and then even maybe specifically Presswich, where you guys are um help us kind of understand the yeah, city a little bit
1: so manchester
0: is in the northwest
1: of england it is just short of three million people um the stats which i think often shocks a lot of americans is that um somewhere around 2% of people um in Manchester would attend a gospel centered church which reflects both the uh the the main, the, the amount of churches who who are gospel centered and also people who are even interested in attending yeah. a church like that um but Manchester is a it's history is in industry so it's a big old industrial city it's known as the second city of the UK in that, you know, London is clearly the, the biggest, but Manchester is slowly becoming, it's sometimes known as the the London of the North. Okay. So there's some, there's some comparison to London. It's the home of the BBC now, ITV. There's various, a lot of media people moving in, lots of new businesses coming uh, into the city. It's the type of place, particularly in the city centre, there's just, you know, skyscrapers everywhere, new builds going up all the time, a um, lot of gentrification going on at the moment. So hmm. lots and lots of new people from all around the world are moving in to Manchester, which obviously makes it a strategic place to plant churches because it's a it's a city that people pass through a lot and then go on to the next place. Um, so that's, that's it, the city as a whole. Where we are is an area called Presswich, which is about two miles north of the city centre, and in lots of ways, it's a very typical suburban um, area for mm. a British city. So we have uh, a, a real mixture of um, ethnicities and classes. So I've got blue collar working class people. You've got your middle class people. Got a large um, Muslim population. Also, uh, outside of London, we have the largest population of Orthodox Jews. Mm. So it's very multicultural. Yeah, um, But we have... Um, one of the largest parks in the city. So that's a draw. A lot of people want to come for that. But other than that, it's honestly a very typical area in lots of ways.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And so you guys planted in uh, June of 2020. <laughs> yes. So a couple of things were going on in the world at that point. Yeah, yeah talk a little bit about that. just how y'all even uh, started in the middle of a pandemic, yeah. restrictions in place.
1: <laughs> so, uh, man, that was... That was an experience. Obviously, a lot of planning had gone into preparing the team, uh, gathering a team. Pete wasn't even at City Church yet. You know, he was actually working. He's a British guy, but he was working for a church in America. He was flown over to come and be uh, a planter in residence. You know, like two years plus Mm. work and planning had gone into planting the first church uh, from City Church into Manchester. And yeah, when 2020 came along, I can remember and I might have shared this on this podcast before it was mine and Pete's first official staff meeting we're no longer on staff at City Church we are now officially Trinity Church staff although Trinity Church didn't really quite exist it was that kind yeah. of in between stage Yeah. Um, we sat down in a local coffee shop because we didn't even have an office yet and we went through a load of admin tasks and whatnot. and I remember Pete looking up at the end of the day and went mate we smashed it today <laughs> If we keep going like this, we are going to be the best prepared church plant in all of history. <laughs> and then about 2 weeks later, the pandemic came along uh. and lockdown and all the rest of it. And you know, it just completely uprooted all our plans. <laughs> and so we had a choice, you know, do we just incubate at City Church and see this thing through or do we push on with the church plant? And obviously there were so many questions at that. We all had questions at that point, didn't we? Right. How long is this going to last? I mean, I remember being like, ah, oh, it'll be over in a week. <laughs> no, <it wasn't. laughs> so we went for it. Um and it brought a lot of challenges for sure. But one thing it did do, not being able to meet initially, I mean, we planted online inadvertent comments, yeah, you know. Right. It it was it was. Yeah, talk about
0: it? that. You started I mean, because you guys started what with a YouTube Yes. Y- yeah.
1: Yeah, and you know, in terms of my ecclesiology, I'm like, oh, yeah. we, we're not even a church. We're not even <laughs> physically gathered. Right. We're not gathering around the table, uh, but it was we did everything we could at that time to try and keep the gospel going forward. And and actually, God in His kindness used our efforts um, to, to reach a lot of people. Obviously, yeah. YouTube as a platform, it wasn't what we planned, but using it at, at the beginning and sort of pre-recording services and putting them out it meant that we got a lot of fresh eyes watching us. Yeah. And so when we were finally able to meet, we, we initially started meeting in this tiny little uh, community hall. I mean, it's, it's, it's smaller than this, what's this building called? Called Orin? the cottage, yeah. It's smaller than the cottage, yeah. you know. It was a tiny little building. Everyone's having to wear masks. Everyone's having to sanitize. We had a one-way system. I mean, right? <laughs> it
0: was ridiculous.
1: <laughs> but um, it meant that when we were finally able to meet, all these new faces turned up right because we've been saying online we're going to be meeting in a few weeks time we'd love you to come down and they actually did yeah and wow that was incredible you know all of a sudden we went from 18 adults to like 30 adults yeah quickly um and so the lord really used that platform to to reach new people which was a joy to see
0: yeah i mean so it almost really is built into the dna of your church inadvertently you've got this flexibility Mm. that y'all had to just figure out. We've got to figure out how to do ministry in a context. We weren't, you know, weren't prepared to do it in this particular way in this moment. And so I have to imagine that has like prepared y'all well to Mm -hmm. continue to do outreach Mm -hmm. in a, in a context where flexibility is almost always required. You've got so much diversity. You've got so, uh, so much, so many secular people who've never encountered the gospel. Mm -hmm. And so I know outreach is a big part of what Mm -hmm. y'all are doing. Tell us a little bit about what that's looked like for Trinity Church. Yeah, of course. Like you say, I think the fact that we weren't able to
1: gather for so long as the church and gather around the, the table, gather around the gospel together, it meant then that when we finally were able to do that, there was a fresh sense of appreciation about who Jesus is, what it means to belong to him. And I think from that, Fresh desire and joy that we had in Christ came a a new zeal for evangelism, yeah you know every church wants to be evangelistic, um we all want to be good at evangelizing, but it 's really hard um and I think the fact that at the very beginning uh having that that new sense of desire to want to reach the lost yeah. really helped our hearts orientate our hearts towards getting out and taking risks so We've tried a number of things in the last two years, three years of trying to reach um, people in our community. Some things have worked well. Some things haven't worked so well. We do want to take risks for the gospel. And if the Lord blesses them, we'll keep going forward. And if it doesn't work out, that's okay. Yeah. Um, so some of the things we've been trying, obviously Christmas is still um, one of those times in the, the year where even some Brits might be a little bit more open to going to church. Yeah. You know, in our context... 98% of people aren't going to church, um, but Christmas they might. So we really try and make the most of that. Uh, at Christmas time, we we go around knocking on doors and giving out Christmas cards. Yeah, We don't say anything specifically about Jesus. We say, we're from the local church. We'd love to invite you to our carol service. Here's the invitation. Yeah. Um, or we do an outdoor carol service in the town square. So there's um, a local coffee shop called Costa. Do you have Costa in America? We
0: don't, but I think it, the equivalent would be like a Panera or Starbucks, yeah. something like that. Yeah, Damn. just
1: a, a coffee chain. Yeah. Um, so there's a square outside Costa where we have done it in partnership with Costa, which has been oh, great. Oh, cool. Because we do it under the... Uh, well, it's, it's, we're doing it... For, we use raising money for charity or a non-profit. Is that what you guys call mm-hmm. that? Yeah. Uh, raising money for a non-profit a local charity that needs some help because that draws people in. At Christmas, everybody wants to be generous. right? So we say, come to this Christmas event, this Christmas carol service. And because we're doing it for a local charity, Costa are more open to being involved. Yeah. Because it's not specifically just a religious event. Right. And so um, we're giving out invitations and flyers to our uh, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day services to people who are walking by. And we're also saying on the mic all the time, if you take that to Costa, you get 10% off your drinks and they give that money to the um, local cool. charity. Yeah. But the whole, the point being that we just want to be public. So it's very simple. We get a local brass band playing carols. Yeah. We kind of croak our way through singing those songs. <laughs> we'll have a Bible reading. So reading scripture publicly, which yeah. I mean, it brought genuinely put a lump in my throat, standing in Presswich, watching one of our members just reading the Bible, that the word of God was being proclaimed yeah. as uh, the Christmas story was being read out to lost people. And then off the back of that, just short, very simple gospel messages and yeah. testimonies. And um, amazingly from that, we did see people attend more services uh they came along to the christmas eve service christmas day service we did a big christmas wreath making event which was a really Hmm. easy invite yeah so we've done lots of those kind of things around christmas we also uh, and that's i should say that's reaching a sort of a mixture of working class and middle class people the sort of people who are out and about doing their shopping on a saturday morning kind of thing but then there's another area just around the corner from our offices which is a very um strong a uh, muslim area called mm. cheatham hill mm. and um just naturally and i'll be honest with you when we planted this church we were looking at first of all we were just looking at the people on our street mm-hmm. you know and that was mainly working working class and middle class people cheatham hill wasn't so much on our radar yet mm. but in the last year the amount of christians at our church who've just been coming forward and saying i have this amazing conversation with the muslim guy hmm. and that we just really sense the lord is leading us to um to being open to ministry in cheetham hill hmm. i mean in that time we've connected with a pioneers missionary pioneers yeah. is a large i think it's a global mission organization yes. um she's actually from the states. she's been in america for sorry she's been in manchester for about six and a half years wow ministering in that area and honestly she's been working just slogging her guts out trying yeah, to reach yeah. lost people, but she's not had much support. When we planted Trinity, she's come and joined us and oh, just awesome, naturally man. we've got behind her. So we've been going into that area, praying um, and and walking around, getting familiar with the area, getting familiar with the culture. Just next week, when I get back home, we're doing a big training event uh, for our people that she's going to run to help us get into the like an Islamic worldview so yeah. that we can understand how to best present the gospel um, and so we're really trying to be just open to wherever the spirit is leading us. Hmm. And I mean, I'm sure we all know there's there's a lot of conversions within Islam at the moment, people yeah. moving from Islam to, uh, to coming to Jesus. And so, man, I hope I can come
0: back and tell you yeah. lots of
1: stories of that happening soon.
0: Yeah, well, we will keep praying, obviously, of course, for that. Um, and just love, yeah, I love to hear the, the flexibility with which y'all approach ministry to just say okay we're gonna throw this at the wall we're gonna see if it sticks and if it doesn't we'll go to the next thing yeah and and try that uh to see how we can reach people uh for jesus and i think this is one of the reasons we love supporting church plants is just this there's that sink or swim mindset of like we just got to jump in and like tell people about jesus and we're gonna try it a bunch of different ways and see what works
1: i was reading um just yesterday morning i was reading first corinthians and just being reminded again, and it was such a great passage to read whilst being here, being reminded again that if we belong to Jesus, we are one body. Mm. And what happens, you know, in one part of the body affects the other. And I think there's a sense in which our partnership, we get to experience that in real time, hopefully the work that the Lord is doing in Manchester is a great encouragement to you guys, as you guys are a great encouragement to us when mm-hmm. we come here. And oh man, it's just always such a blessing to be here on the mountain with you.
0: Oh man, we're so glad to have you. I was—I think I said this on a previous episode when we were talking to another of our uh, church planting friends. But we were talking. Kelly Kapik, our one of our ruling elders, uh, recently wrote a book, and in it he was talking about what you were just describing—the connection we have mm. with one another in the body of Christ. And he was talking about the joy of so many of us o- over here feel so guilty that we're like, "I well, am I supposed to like give up everything and go across the world to mm-hmm, go do something?" Mm-hmm. And maybe sometimes, you know, God, it might, we should at least ask that question. Uh, but he was saying one of the beauties of being in the body of Christ is that we really are connected to mm-hmm. everything that's going on. And so the beauty of the missions conference and even having you come in and do this podcast is. We get to hear this thing that, in some small way, because of partnership that, mm-hmm. and because of our unity in the body of Christ, that we get to be a part of. Like, yeah. that we have been able to be a part of what's going on in Manchester. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, however small, it's just been, it, I think it's been such an encouragement to us to just know, man, God really is at work through these relationships, through um, our prayer, through the giving. It's all uh, been such a, a gift to us. So, uh, well, obviously, you guys are.
1: A re a resourcing church and we've really benefited from the gifts that you've given to us experience that you've shared with us mm. but above and beyond that and i'm really not just saying this that the fact that i get regular emails from folk here asking how they can pray for us mm. it's massive um i mean <laughs> what an encouragement it is to me to know that there's a, a group of 10 or 15 people here on the mountain who are every week praying for us mm. I mean, just yesterday, somebody came over to me uh, and said in my ear, the names of all my family members and said, I pray for you every day. Mm.
0: Man, I got me. Mm. (laughs) Gets me now. Mm. It's beautiful. Yeah. That's good. Well, anything that our people, for those who are praying, anything that we can be praying for you, Mm. for Judy, for uh, Trinity Church? Please pray for conversions. Yeah, absolutely. That's a
1: huge, huge thing. We are praying as a church this year that the Lord might bring 10 uh, people to faith <clears throat> so we're praying for 10 baptisms um we're praying for 10 new conversions uh so please join us in that yeah i mean pray a, pray a bigger number even <laughs> yeah yeah 10 feels like a really big number to us yeah um but we'd love to see people coming to faith in christ we have a number of people who if you could say it if it's a spiritual category it feels like they're sitting on the fence yeah they're they're hearing the gospel every week they're coming to our church for whatever reason they're seeing Christians taking the supper, and yet they still haven't quite got there and We would yeah. love to see people coming more people come to faith yeah. so please pray for that, please pray for i think sometimes just encouragement hmm. you know it can it can feel a bit isolating, yeah. lonely um ministering in a context where you really are in the minority. And do you know what? There's mm. actually a real joy in that. Um, and there's actually a benefit to it. I I could go out on the street and generally assume no one here knows Jesus. Yeah, I don't, you know, it's a different kind of cultural yes. problem that you guys have here where maybe some people are, have a Christian worldview, but maybe don't actually belong to Christ. Right. Yeah. We don't really have that problem yeah. so much. But if you could pray for us in in that, as it were, as we kind of operating in Babylon yeah. um, for our encouragement and uh, that for our people, that they would continue to, To walk with Jesus, it's hard for them. They're out in the workplace, out in their contexts where Jesus is completely irrelevant. To be a Christian is kind of offensive. Right. Um, So if you can pray for our church in that, that would be great. And I think the third thing would be if you could pray for our kids. Mm. Obviously now as a young dad myself, I'm just very aware the culture I'm raising my children in is one where there is a lot of crazy ideas flying around. Yeah. Even in schools. Um, And so if you could pray for our kids that they would
0: come to faith in Christ. I mean, that's, as a dad, that's one of my number one prayers. We will pray. Absolutely. Mark, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's been great. And thank you for joining us for another episode of Pillar and Ground. We hope you will join us again for future episodes.